Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 142 of SwiftCast. This is Adam, Ashley, Nate, and Steph. And we have a great upcoming episode for you guys. We have an awesome interview with Tyler Hilton. And if you're not familiar, he is a singer-songwriter who was also Drew in Taylor's music video for Teardrops on My Guitar. And he's also done some acting, so... He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and you'll get to hear some cool stories from him in our main discussion. And not only that, but we kind of came to the realization during the interview that he honestly might have been the very first special guest Taylor ever invited up on her stage. Ah. On the Fearless Tour? Not even the Fearless Tour. It was like the debut era when she was still playing random bars. Cool. Yeah, I remember him coming. I'm excited. He really told a lot of cool stories on that. He did, and he's just a cool guy. I've been following him for years, so I was very excited to get to talk to him. And I'm a big One Tree Hill fan, too, which is what a lot of people probably know him from. So it was just a very cool sort of full circle experience of basically we just remembered about him a few weeks ago when we were doing the flashback MySpace post, and then we were able to get him on. So I think you guys are really going to like it. Well, stay tuned for that in our main discussion, but we wanted to get started today. Both myself and Steph wanted to ask Ashley and Nate about their past weekend. Oh, yeah. They spent the last weekend at the 1989 Tribute Concert and got to listen to all the performances and had an awesome time interviewing a bunch of the artists that performed. So we want to hear a lot about that. Oh, it was so cool. It was so cool. Seriously. We went backstage. We had all access. We interviewed everybody and and then some. It was insane. I'm pretty much a celebrity now, so this is going to be my last episode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the demand for me is just too high. It's just too high. And the best part about the entire thing was the amazing positive response that we got from everybody there, literally everybody, the artists, uh, their management, the people at City Winery, nobody there was, you know, salty or like in a bad mood. Everyone was just like really excited about everything there. It was so cool. And the artists themselves, I mean, they were so down to earth, literally everyone we talked to. And I think it's just incredible how nothing that Taylor does stops at whatever that thing is. Like here's an album that came out now almost two years ago. And it's inspiring people to put together tribute shows. They're raising money for charity through it. They're giving all these local artists a chance to shine and be a part of something. And people came from all over the country, even some people from outside of the country, just for this event. It was incredible. A really interesting part, too, from just some of the interviews was 
that some of those artists really had obscure Taylor knowledge. It was really interesting to talk to them. Like, for instance, Morgan Miles. Uh, I didn't know this before the interview. She interned for Taylor. It was crazy. And she's given us these stories and things. It was literally just unbelievable. It's always cool to see how Taylor can unite so many people. A lot of these artists aren't even in the same genre of music, and they're all so different. But that's Taylor's power is uniting everyone, I think. And that's my favorite thing about what we do and talking to random people that I meet, especially in Nashville. You just mentioned Taylor and whether the person has met her, been to her concert, just heard random stories about her or their paths crossed in some way. It's just like this awesome conversation topic and it's not ever like a weird thing or something that they're like, why do you care so much about Taylor? It's just honestly the best way to just connect with people that I've ever experienced. And I'd like to run through the list real quick of all the people who we interviewed at this thing, just for our listeners. Uh, We interviewed Chris Allen, Aubrey Peoples, Crystal Bowersox, Louisa Wendorf and Devin Dawson, The Railers, Alana Royale, Zeke Duhon, Jill Andrews, Morgan Miles, Carolyn Glazer, and Corby Lanker. Almost everybody at that show we got an interview with and put in this episode. And that episode was just put out, as you're listening to this, earlier in the week on Monday, February 8th. So we didn't number it. We labeled it as like an exclusive episode, and it's on iTunes and all the normal places on our website everywhere. And you guys should definitely check it out because this was literally a one-of-a-kind event, and I'm just so excited that we got to be a part of it. It exceeded all of my expectations. And you should also listen to it, not just for the interviews, but Ashley and Nate also got some clips of these performances. And there's an incredible Shake It Off tribute at the very end that is just amazing. If you guys can watch that tribute at the end where everyone gets up on stage, seriously, watch that video. Because the energy in that place, I mean, it was crazy. Alana was headlining the whole thing. Everybody was on stage dancing. They had the horn section going. Really, it was it was awesome. The stage was literally packed wall to wall with with everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, there were like fifteen or so acts, and then a lot of those acts were bands. So when you added up all the people, it was like thirty something people just crammed on the stage with these massive instruments and. It was the best thing I've ever seen. That is awesome. I'm very jealous of you guys. I wish I could have gone. And just being in Nashville, God, I mean, I could talk about it forever, but the whole weekend is just, sometimes I really don't even understand how Taylor ever left Nashville because it's such a great place. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, like they said, go back and check out our previous episode and you will find all of those interviews and music clips from the show. And speaking of older episodes, we wanted to remind you guys that way back on episode 38, we recommend that you go back and listen to that for some nostalgia because that was the episode that we recorded right before the 2014 Grammys when Taylor performed All Too Well. And it's just really interesting to go back and listen to what we thought about what she might perform, and if she was going to win any awards that night for Red. And it just is a great reminder of the Grammys that are coming up in a few days here. I think that the 2014 Grammys should be referred to forevermore as the biggest award show failure of all time. It should be referred to as random access memories. (laughs) (laughs) 
And by failure, I mean the Grammy Academy failed massively in not recognizing Red. However, at the same time, sort of inspired Taylor to springboard towards 1989. I was about to say that. You cannot forget that part. That is what led to 1989, arguably her best album. Yep, it really was. So it either was the biggest mistake or best thing they accidentally did. I guess the best <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the other thing is 2014 was such a miserable failure in terms of Red not winning an album of the year. But we did have the best performance, at least in my opinion, award show performance ever with All Too Well. 100% agree. Pretty sure the entire fandom agrees, too. And in episode 38, we actually talk about Taylor's old performances. And so keep in mind, this is before we had All Too Well. We were in anticipation, and it's interesting to look back on that. I think I'm really curious about, and maybe just because I haven't been on Tumblr as much, I'm not exactly sure what, if anything, people are hoping she's going to perform. It seems like people are kind of all over the board with what they want. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but there's just so many possibilities because, as we've said a thousand times, there's not a single bad song on this album. And there's so many successful singles, it could be anything. Exactly. So stay tuned for the end of our new segment when we will give our final predictions about the awards that she may or may not win and the performance that she will give. But let's get into our mini segments for today. And our first one, of course, is Older Tweets. Now, this is from February 5th, 2009, seven years ago. I feel like something about the fact that it's seven years, I don't know what that is, that every time I say this was seven years ago, I'm like, what? (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, we did these older tweets starting from last year. So last year it was six years ago, but somehow seven feels really dramatic to me. But this one from 2009, Taylor said, Rehearsals today with Miley. We ate an entire pizza in about five minutes. And that, of course, was rehearsing for the Grammys of that year where they ended up singing 15. Oh, I remember that performance. Man, seven years ago? Seven years ago. In a way, it feels like it was even longer ago than that. The more we say it, the stranger it sounds, too. It really does. And it's also strange because we don't really hear the name Miley associated with Taylor anymore. I mean, at all. Unless it's a very, very different kind of discussion. (laughs) They've kind of gone separate ways. Yeah, I think in the celebrity world, seven years is more like 14 years because things are so very different in just those seven years. I mean, really, if you look both at Taylor and at Miley, Miley may have gone a little more extreme, but both of them are drastically different people than they were at that time. Absolutely. And if I can tie that into our next tweet, it comes from February 7th, 2010, playing with glittery eyeliner in the dressing room while Elizabeth Hewitt and I discuss how caramel Tim Tams have changed our lives. I mean, just from this, Liz isn't even in the picture anymore. By a long shot. Neither is glittery eyeliner. Or Tim Tams. (laughs) Tim (laughs) Tim Tams might still be in. They might be in. (laughs) I have to ask, am I weird that I don't know what Tim Tams are? They're from Australia, aren't they? Yeah, they're a really popular candy in Australia, and the agency just had this obsession with them, and people would always give the band members Tim Tams to take home. 
Hmm, well, they sound good, and I like caramel, so I bet I'd like them. I wonder if the glittery eyeliner that she had was a result of Andrea reorganizing her bathroom that one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of MySpace posts, I just saw the other day, Adam actually shared it with us, a MySpace post where Taylor wrote about meeting Liz Hewitt at a meet and greet. Now we're reading this tweet about Liz. And it was just crazy to read that MySpace post. I think it was from 2008. And she said she met this great person named Liz Hewitt who really wanted to become a singer and Taylor just could envision great things for her. It's crazy that Liz ended up being part of the agency. And Well, and actually, because I've been thinking about this so much lately, that's a very, very similar story to what happened between Taylor and Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah, it's practically right on point, meeting at the meet and greet as fans, and then Liz and Kelsey have gone on to have their own solo careers. And I've had so much going on lately that I almost forgot that this even happened, but I went to Kelsey's concert last week and actually got to meet her for the first time. That's right. How was that? Yeah, it's. I feel like that was a month ago and not like four days ago, because then I, I went to the concert, the meet and greet was at like... 7:30. She came on stage at like 9:30, and then at like 5 a.m. the next day, I went to Nashville, did these interviews, came back last night, and like I don't even know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great. I was so excited. She I mean she's been around for a while, and she's been getting bigger, but this was the first time she's been in Chicago that I've been able to go see her. And even when I interviewed her, which if you guys haven't heard that special edition episode that came out around December 13th of 2015, I was already getting really pumped for the show and telling her how excited I was about it. And I've been really anticipating it a lot because I've just been hearing the greatest things about her, both what a great performer she is and just what a great person she is. And so I actually just, entered like everyone else on her website for a meet and greet and was fortunate enough to get selected it seemed like they select a lot of people the line was very long and what was fascinating about it was the way that it was set up you basically saw her talking to everybody else while you were waiting your turn and i swear to god i felt like i was looking at taylor swift it sounds very much like the days of 2006 2007 of her meet and greet lines it was like every single person that would come up to her, whether she recognized them from a past show and called them out even by name, some of the people, or she did, hadn't met them before, she would always have something to say to them as they came up to her, like, oh my gosh, I love your hair, or I saw you on Instagram, like all of these things. And people were just so happy to meet her and they were leaving the room so happy. And it just made me very, very sure that she's going to go far. That's not just the mark of a good artist, it's the mark of a good person. Somebody who's really enthusiastic to meet any of these fans, really. I mean, is just so noble. Is that a good word to describe it? It's just very, it's it's heartwarming is what it is. Well, it's kind of something that, and I'm sure that Taylor did influence her in a good way, but it's almost not really something you can learn or just decide to be. It's kind of like if you're that kind of person and you realize the importance of it, it's natural, and people really can pick up on that. So on that note, obviously the meet-and-greet was amazing. How about the concert? Was it just as amazing as your meet-and-greet experience? It was. It definitely was. The place was packed, and 
it's sold out, which she was really excited about. And I feel like her shows have been selling out more and more. It was just, honestly, especially for a debut album, and I don't say this very often about every album, but her album the first time, every single song on it is great. There's not a single one that I feel like is filler or that is not good. She learns from the best. I honestly feel like she went to Taylor Swift training school. (laughs) Possibly when they were having coffee the other day. Yeah, I mean, I've just been hearing good things about her for the longest time, so it's not like she just put on this act because Taylor told her to be a certain way. I think she just is a genuinely nice person, a great singer, so that helps, and with Taylor's guidance, and obviously she has a good team with her too, she's going to go very far. And wow, that was way off topic, but I'm glad that I remembered about it because I've been looking forward to that for so long, wanting to tell you guys about it, and so many other things have happened that I honestly forgot. I'm glad it turned out as well as it did, seriously. I want to see her again. She seems to be touring a lot. She Actually, it's funny. She just announced that she's going to be this summer touring with Rascal Flatts, which sound familiar to anybody? (laughs) It sure does. (laughs) Literally following in Taylor's footsteps. She puts out a song called, like, Faith Hill. I don't know. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, getting back to some of Taylor's older tweets, back on February 5th of 2011, Taylor tweeted, Driving around with Ashley Avignon and back to December just came on Kiss FM. So stoked. About to leave for Singapore tonight. I think at this point, if I heard back to December on Kiss FM, I would like swerve my car off the road. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was the song that really got me into the fandom. I haven't listened to that song in so long. I love that song. It is so good. So good. And that's one of my favorite performances off the Speak Now DVD. I love that one. Absolutely. The piano and Mm -hmm. the mashup that she did with Apologize. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was like foreshadowing of how much she wanted to work with Brian Tedder. And then Taylor Lautner showed up to that show. (laughs) (laughs) He did, Uh, yeah. At least for one of the Speak Now shows, I remember. And speaking of amazing songs, Taylor tweeted on February 4th of 2013, Trouble is number one on US and UK radio, so I brought donuts to work, as donuts and number ones both make me very, very happy. She's always been such a donut fan, hasn't she? (laughs) Yeah. I swear it's once or twice a year we get one about him. Even on random days and St. Patrick's Day. She loves donuts. I was very disappointed because I went with my friend to try and get a donut at this very famous donut shop in Nashville yesterday, and they were literally sold out of donuts. They were like, we just sold our last donut. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> so they just close for the day? They don't make any more? <laughs> yeah, they make a big batch, and they last however long they last, and I guess they sell out every day. Wow. You just have to go back. I will. And maybe, like, eventually sometime this year we'll get an updated version of Taylor holding a donut in front of her eye. That's exactly the photo I was thinking about. When I think about donuts, that's the photo I think about. The next tweet is just from the next day after this tweet, but it's another one of my favorites that I always have loved, where she tweeted on February 5th, In other news, Sophia Grace and Rosie covered I Knew You Were Trouble, and I want to hug them right now. Aww. They are just, I guess they're a little bit older now, but they've just always been the cutest kids, and every time they're on Ellen, I just can't get enough of them. And Taylor actually hung out with them on Ellen. 
that's one of my favorite videos, Tea Time with Sophia Grace and Rosie <laughs> and, yeah. and Taylor. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, almost three years ago now. It's crazy because I'm thinking about that video and I can just picture Taylor with her long, straight hair and bangs that she had at that time. Yep. Speaking of that, literally, I went back a few days ago, last week, I think, and rewatched. If you guys remember when her and Zac Efron sang that duet on Ellen, I don't know how anyone could forget that one. Really weird, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like singing it to myself the other day, you know, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back and rewatch that. It was still awesome to this day. I didn't realize until a couple months ago that there's an actual song that has that tune and they. Yeah, Pumped Up Kicks, Foster the People. Yeah, Foster the People. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I had no idea. <laughs> And one day I was driving and I heard that song on the radio and I just started singing. It's really weird, really weird. And then I was, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what is happening right now? That's too funny. I miss Taylor and Ellen. I wish that they got together more often than just when Taylor had something new coming out. Yeah. We haven't seen them together since 1989 was released, right? If you don't count LA. The tour, yeah. I think that that silver costume with the tutu was the best costume on the 1989 <laughs> tour. <laughs> uh, Ellen is so funny. Well, speaking of people who make great duets, this next tweet is actually about Ed Sheeran. It was on February 1st of 2014, and Taylor tweets, First night in London, and Ed Sheeran came out to surprise the crowd with Lego House. Earth-shattering screams ensued. What a lad. What a Hashtag lad. red to her. What a lad. <laughs> That's my favorite part. That should be a hashtag. It probably was at that time. And, you know, I was just thinking, I feel like, because obviously he was on the Red Tour, and then he did this, and then he had Taylor come out of his show at MSG, and then he appeared on 1989 tour, too, at Rock and Rio. Every time Taylor and Ed do something together, people react as if it's their first time doing something together, because the excitement of the two of them has literally never died down at all. No. And it probably never will. It's gotten more exciting honestly i completely agree and i just want to reminisce about how awesome their performance at rock and rio was when they performed tenerife c oh yeah so good that's another one of my favorite things about when they do perform together is they don't do the expected choice it's not like they just pull out everything has changed every time they'll do like anything and it's always just incredible it would be cool to hear everything has changed again though i have to admit well, on February 2nd of 2014, the day after Ed showed up as a surprise guest, Taylor tweeted about another surprise guest, and she wrote, Tonight at the O2, Sam Smith sang my new favorite song, Money on My Mind, and smashed it. You need this song slash artist in your life. And now everybody in the world knows who Sam Smith is. Thanks, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because this was february 2014 and even i mean i guess he was more known in the uk already by that time but over the next year by february of 2015 he's winning like every award at the grammys and now he's a household name yeah and i attribute a lot of it to taylor at least in the united states there's so many artists i had no idea who they were until she told us about them. Sam Smith is one of them. Kelsey Ballerini is one of them. That's true. She's another one, too. 
We could name for ages. Ed Sheeran. I had no idea who Ed was. Vance Joy. Vance Joy. Time. Hozier. I didn't know who Hozier was. Hozier, yeah. The list goes on and on. So basically, what I'm saying is that Sam Smith basically should have sent Taylor at least one of his Grammys because he owes it to her. (laughs) (laughs) As a gift. Yes. Or just like had her name also inscribed on the bottom of it. It'd be Taylor Swift's missing eighth Grammy. And the next tweet is another surprise guest from her time in London. It was two days later on February 4th, 2014. Taylor wrote, Tonight's surprise guest at the O2, Danny O'Donohue from the script singing Break Even. The crowd went absolutely insane. That was very exciting. That was one of those times where it was like basically a throwback song, but it's so popular that everybody went crazy. And then yet another musical surprise that she had up her sleeve in that same week, on February 6th, just a couple days later, she posted, Me, Ed, Kara, singing songs in the U.S. Ambassador's house. What is life? I can't believe that was two years ago already. And not only that, if you really think about it, that was one of the very last days ever that she had her long hair. Yeah. Have you guys heard the story yet? And I know I'm sure you have. But it's a video of Taylor when she was talking about how awesome of a person Kara is for, I'm not, I don't remember what magazine it was, but, and she tells the story of how her and Kara walk into the bathroom at this event at the U.S. Ambassador's house, and Taylor just completely wipes it on the floor. And then Kara, being funny and being supportive, just completely does the same exact thing so that Taylor doesn't feel completely embarrassed at, at what she did. Do you guys remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yeah, I remember reading that. I thought that was really cool. I love Kara. I think she's so funny. And when she was on the catwalk for tour, she had the giant flag. And I just, I love her. And her videos during the tour are cool and cute. Yeah. She always had the funniest punchlines on those videos. She did. She's just different. And if any of our listeners are Marvel fans too, she is going to be starring in Suicide Squad coming out this summer. That's exciting. Maybe Taylor will go to the premiere. And her last tweet is also about Kara. Uh, it comes from February 6, 2014. And Taylor tweets, Just trying to be like George Washington, at Kara Delevingne. And it's an Instagram photo of, I guess while they were still in the ambassador's house, of Taylor and Kara posing very dramatically in front of a George Washington painting. <laughs> and it does make me miss the long hair, because it's very pretty. I'm still thinking she might grow back out. Do you think she'll grow it out to where it was before or just like something in between? I don't know. I like the short hair. I hope she keeps it. I've said this before, but when she first got it, I just could not get used to it. And now I can't imagine anything else. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. When she was out with Gigi this past weekend, she had her bangs completely back. And people on Tumblr were replying with the Mean Girls meme that says, Your hair looks sexy pushed back. I don't know if that means she's going to completely grow out her bangs or she just wanted them back for the day. You never know. You know, the other thing about this picture, Taylor could totally be president. She's pulling off that George Washington look pretty well, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Casual. Casual. Hashtag president. Sounds good to me. Well, that was a fun look back at some of the older tweets from previous years. And even though Taylor's not currently touring and doesn't have any 
new music for the time being. There are still a couple of news items that we'd like to tell you about, so let's do that in Keeping Up With Swift. This first one caused a lot of chaos. I would say pandemonium, going back <laughs> to that tweet from the other week. Yeah, really pandemonium. Utter hysteria. <laughs> Taylor went to the iHeart Media Music Summit on February 2nd, and there were photos that surfaced of her there on stage. And somehow it came about that people were saying Taylor actually announced that she will have new music this year, as in 2016. And that was where the pandemonium we were talking about started. Fortunately, Taylor clarified on Tumblr. She responded to a post and said, I only attended to thank them for having such a great year because clearly Taylor had an amazing year with iHeart and the success of 1989. But to clarify, Taylor did not say she will be releasing new music this year. Which was nice that, they, that she clarified that for us because people were losing it a little bit. And, and we never, we have no idea. There could be new music this year. And I just, I tend to be a pessimist, but in this case, I have to be an optimist. And I just want to say, just because she's not saying that she's putting music out this year yet doesn't mean she won't. I still think it's pretty likely that she will. Oh yeah, I completely agree. It's not like she said, no, I'm not releasing music this year. She did not say that, so. You know, artists don't necessarily have to release albums either. I mean, they'll release release EPs, singles, whatever. Who knows? But the reason why I think that she is very likely to release music by the end of this year is because of the item that Adam was about to tell us for the next piece of news. Yeah, if you guys remember back when the Blank Space music video came out, there was also a phone app that was released called the Blank Space Experience. And in the app, you could go basically tour the mansion where the music video was filmed and find different hidden things when you were moving around. It was like one of those 3D things where you could move around and move the screen wherever you wanted. And just this past week, it was announced that after the success of that app, Taylor will be releasing a new mobile game of some kind later this year in 2016. And the emphasis should be on late 2016 to perhaps coincide with a new album. It's a very good point. Quarter four. Quarter four. It's somewhat surprising to me that this news about the game is out now, but I guess it, it might not totally be in Taylor's control, I'm not sure, because usually she has a very specific plan for any sort of announcements. It did seem like the press release was through the mobile game. It seemed like they were the ones who were announcing this. Yeah, I know games in general typically are announced like a while before they come out, so I guess that does make sense. But like Ashley said, I just, I don't see how this can't indicates something is happening why would taylor just randomly release a mobile game without having something else to go along with it it would seem odd to me you know and it could be just because she was trying to keep blank space under wraps when that app was being developed but scott swift spoiled that app game <laughs> like <laughs> months before the video came out at least uh for me and some other people he ended up telling us, he's like, I'm not supposed to be telling you this, but... And he just, like, blew the entire thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no secret about it. So, I don't know. We'll see. The fact that it's so far ahead of time, I'm not sure. 
but it is interesting. It is an interesting point. Yeah, it's hard for me to think about what I think this game would be like. Yeah, I really have no idea. But if there's one thing I can say without any question is that people, fans, Americans in general, people all over the world will pretty much buy anything at this point with Taylor's face or affiliation with it. (laughs) Exactly. So she could put out like a line of like socks and it would be the most successful socks that ever hit the market. (laughs) I would buy those socks. I don't play games and I will be purchasing this. I'm sure. And our next piece of news is yet another throwback, which is actually pretty exciting, which is that the music video for 15 surpassed 100 million views, and it's now Vivo certified. And I guess this is actually Taylor's 18th Vivo certification. It's a lot. You know, I kind of want to speculate that maybe it started getting more views due to someone over-promoting it on a tour. (laughs) (laughs) as a secret song it was a very secret song very secretive (sighs) what if that's honestly what she was trying to do like she has some type of secret that's a very interesting point because when you think about it for example on the red tour taylor was doing the secret song you know she would switch it up every night but then a crazy amount of times like at least 50 percent of the shows she ended up pulling out our song it was our song our song our song and nobody knew why and she kept saying that fans were requesting it but i found that kind of hard to believe because you know you see online people talking about all these rare songs they're dying to hear and it's kind of hard to believe that they'd be requesting a song that's already been done so much yet she kept doing it with no real reason and then so the red tour ended june 2014 and about a year later our song finally became vivo certified and then on this tour, she introduced the secret song. It was like the same thing. First, it was literally random songs, and then it became 15 almost every night. And now 15 is Bevo certified. It's just coincidence? Hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. I see where you're coming from, but I think it's total coincidence. I think that regardless of if she played those songs, our song and 15 on the various tours, Both of them eventually would have gotten to 100 million views. And I think that they were played on the tours mostly because they're popular and because 99% of the audience would know the lyrics and they're good ones to sing along to. True, but I just can't help but think she has so many old songs to choose from that she, at least at some point, took a look at how well songs were doing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like an acoustic 22, people would know that. People would love that. And I'm not saying that she's necessarily that concerned about each specific song about, for example, 15 getting certified, but I bet she does want to have and keep increasing her total number of Vivo certified songs because that's a very impressive record. I'd say we're on to you, Taylor. (laughs) I can't help but think about when Taylor and Ed were at the radio station in the UK and they had that crazy interview together and... They did this little speed round quiz, and they had to say how many views. Oh, yeah. Everything has changed, Chad. And Taylor guessed, I think, something like 500 million views. (laughs) Or maybe 300 (laughs) million. And Ed knew exactly what it was. And Taylor just said, well, I'm really optimistic. And how do you even know this? (laughs) But who knows? And again, maybe that's why she kickstarted it into 
paying closer attention to her views. I don't know. Maybe. Swifty Mysteries. Oh, man. <laughs> it is interesting, though. Well, Begin Again is getting very close to being the next Vivo certified video, so go watch it now. And get ready for that to be the next secret song. <laughs> <laughs> Mark my words. This time next year, when hopefully if all goes well, we're getting geared up for another summer tour. I'm going to go on Vivo, and I'm going to see what's getting close, and I'm going to call it, <laughs> and we'll see if I'm right. <clears throat> I'm on to her, I feel. <laughs> well, in typical Taylor fashion, this past weekend, she donated $10,000 for an autism service dog for a young boy named Jacob. And it was not only Taylor, it was also Mama Swift who made this donation. Yeah, and we actually have a, a story about that to share with you guys. So at the City Winery in Nashville, uh, we had the fortune of interviewing one of the artists. His name was Zeke Duhan. And Zeke, it's actually his cousin, who is this kid, Jacob. And the donation came from, well, both Taylor and Andrea. But it's not that big of a coincidence that both of them ended up donating because um, obviously he was in this 1989 tribute concert. If we had a guess, they caught wind of it through Zeke, through this concert, and ended up donating this money to, obviously, this kid in great need. And the fact that Andrea was actually there at the concert also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she sat almost front row. She was, she was basically right there. And so the MC who was coming on stage in between performances to talk to the crowd actually made the announcement, letting everybody know that this had just happened, and people just applauded, and it was a great moment. Very cool. Well, as our last piece of news and to tie in with the calendar, as we mentioned earlier, we wanted to briefly talk about the Grammys, which are coming up on Monday, February 15th. And Taylor has been confirmed as a performer, and it looks like she will open the show. I think that's also been confirmed. Well, we should take a moment to, I guess, applaud you, Adam, because you were so sure <laughs> <laughs> she was going to announce it at the last minute, and I told you, no way. Yeah, against all odds. I did say on last week's episode that I think she would announce it this past weekend, about a week ahead of time, and she didn't really announce it herself. It was more put out there by the Grammys in a TV commercial, and then people started tweeting about it, and Taylor confirmed it via her likes on Tumblr. So that's how it was announced. I still maintain that I'm surprised that they haven't been promoting Taylor being on that show Weeks ago. Weeks ago. Why not? I, I'm just, I'm very confused. I guess just like the anticipation and the surprise element. I guess so. I feel like the anticipation would outweigh the surprise for a lot of people. So there was an article in, I believe, USA Today, where the journalist mentioned that Taylor would be performing. And they said that she would be performing a song from 1989 that she has not performed on TV before. So there's been lots and lots of speculation on exactly what that means and the definition of performed on TV before, because, you know, maybe you would consider Out of the Woods not performed on TV before because it was so long ago and it was on Jimmy Kimmel and that was, you know, just the promotional before 1989. I feel like the, the fact that they're saying it in that way... I don't think it's even something she would have done on a talk show. Okay. 
So you're thinking we throw out Shake It Off, Blank Space, Bad Blood, Out of the Woods. Bad Blood was actually never performed live on TV. Unless you count that Nicki Minaj random cameo. Right, but that I don't count that. But I did include Bad Blood in my list right there because the author also said that it's not a song that is up for nomination. And Bad Blood is up for nomination. Okay, so that helps a little bit. I'm definitely not ruling out the possibility of some sort of mashup. That seems to be a popular opinion. I think it's going to be a mashup. What better way to showcase your album of the year than to do a mashup of all of the hit singles from it? It just makes me think back to the Jekyll Blanc interview that we released last week where he said there's 12 songs on the radio and seven of them are Taylor. And they've withstood the test of time already. Generally, you have a hit single and it lasts for a few months and then everybody forgets about it. But with 1989, these songs are still being played today. Blank space. Just like Jeff said, you hear all of them still today. So I think a mashup makes perfect sense here. I really hope it happens. Other people are saying things like, oh, it should be new romantics or I know places. And that just doesn't make sense to me. It made sense to do all too well, even though it was never single. But here, under these circumstances where you have such an amazing album with so many hit songs, to me, it just doesn't make sense to introduce a completely new song right now in this moment. You make a very good point about all too well. And that makes me think I kind of have two predictions if we're making our predictions here. Well, I'd love to see a mashup like both of you said. Here are my two predictions. My hope is that she plays Out of the Woods, even though it doesn't sound like she will. But I'm going to go bold and say that even though I don't think there are any more singles coming, and I don't think this would be a single upcoming because we think she's done, I will say that a perfect opening song to the Grammy would be New Romantics. So that's my official guess. Whatever she opens it with, it definitely, definitely has to be something that will capture the energy and really be a great start to the show. Right, she can't come out and sing clean as the opener. I agree. Yeah, it kind of rolls out a few songs right there. Clean, This Love. Out of the Woods, I think it would work, but I think there might be better choices. I think she could make it work if she performs it like she did on the tour, in a similar fashion with a lot of energy. If it's not an eight and a half minute version with a bridge and like a million other things, I will not be happy. <laughs> That's very true. Maybe if it is Out of the Woods, it will be about three minutes of piano and then she busts out into the tour version. How cool would that be? That would be really cool. That'd be insane. Right now, I'm thinking back to previous performances and you have to remember when Taylor won Album of the Year last time for Fearless, she actually did do a mashup with Stevie Nicks. And it was like a sort of mashup of Fearless. Interesting. What if it ends up being Wonderland? Just by the way. How cool would that be? Wonderland would be crazy. I feel like she hates Wonderland. Yeah, it was so neglected on the tour. She definitely prefers New Romantics over Wonderland. It's so hard to say, but I'm very excited that they're giving her the opening spot. One concern that I had, which I mentioned on an earlier episode, was that since Adele is also performing, that people will just compare them. But hopefully, since she's in the opening slot and is likely to win a lot of awards, it, most of the attention will still go to Taylor because she deserves it. This is her night. Yes, it should be her night. Adele will have her chance next year. Right. Adele's next year. 
Well, I don't know about you guys, but I am eagerly anticipating Monday the 15th. I can't wait to see all the performers, not only Taylor. There's going to be so many good performers, including Kendrick Lamar, Adele, Tori Kelly, Sam Hunt, among many, many others. So we're really looking forward to it. And just to remind you one last time, Taylor is up for seven awards. She is up for Best Pop Solo Performance for Blank Space, Best Pop Duo Group Performance for Bad Blood with Kendrick Lamar, Best Pop Vocal Album for 1989, Best Music Video for Bad Blood, and then of course, three really big awards which will be announced live on air. We're not sure about the other ones, but the three big awards are Record of the Year, Blank Space, Song of the Year, Blank Space, and Album of the Year, 1989. And a lot of people are pointing out, which I love this, that this happens to be the 58th Grammy Awards and 5 plus 8. Oh, how about that? <laughs> I've, wow. I've seen that all, all over Twitter and Tumblr today, and it's got to mean something, right? <laughs> it must. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her starting to wear her 13 necklace again. Well, we really look forward to recapping the Grammys on next week's episode. But for this episode, we wanted to give you our main discussion, which, as we mentioned in the very beginning, is an interview with Tyler Hilton. He has a lot of awesome stories. And without further ado, let's play our interview with Tyler. Hey, guys. We have a really exciting guest joining us today. Some of you might know him from his recent album, Indian Summer. Many of you probably know him from his role as Chris Keller on One Tree Hill. And a lot of you probably also remember him as playing the character Drew in Taylor's Teardrops on My Guitar video. So we're very excited to welcome Tyler Hilton. Yo, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I've been coming to your shows for years now. And then a few episodes ago on our show, we were we look at flashback posts of Taylor's from previous years and came across this MySpace post where she was talking about filming the Teardrops video, and I was like, wow, why haven't we had Tyler Hilton on already? I was right here all along just waiting for you guys, just sitting by the phone with my chin on my fist, you know, like, when's SwiftCast going to call me? But no, I'm a, I'm a big One Tree Hill fan, too, besides being a Taylor fan, so it's a nice crossover. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. It's so funny because, like, if you're in other music videos, you don't usually have, like, a name, you know, but in that one, it's like, Tyler played the role of Drew in Teardrops on My Guitar, you know? Yeah, very specific how she named names in a lot of her early songs. Yeah, really. But so what was your reaction when you got the call to come on a Taylor Swift podcast? Oh, I, I would, you know, I, actually it's so funny because I was just thinking, I'd actually listened to your guys' podcast before, and I was thinking it's so amazing that, like, I met this girl when she was, like, 15, and she was so cool and super, like, authentic and just really talented and had, like, the greatest vibe, and her family was so cool. And they were just, like, such a cool, like, group of people to, like, know and hang out with. And then I was just thinking as I listened to your podcast, like, what she's done is incredible. Like, she's got these podcasts, and then you guys have a whole scene, and you're kind of, like, giving rise to other artists. And, like, it's just crazy the world that she's created or, you know, it's been really one of the craziest things to watch in my life like one of the coolest things to experience even just seeing this girl go to that that I knew you know it's it's pretty wild yeah she's really been great I think at inspiring her fan base to do things like this and that's why we have so much fun during doing the show and I think now since she's kind of in an off season you know it's a great time for us to feature other artists like you and 
let people know about other music that they might like. Yeah, it's so cool, you guys. So the Indian Summer album is the latest album you put out. Um, have you been working on, on any other projects recently? Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, I've been, uh, well, I'm working on a new record. I'm always kind of working on the next record right away, but this one I'm getting really close to being done. And uh, the deal was, is I was on Warner Brothers Records for like eight or nine years. And I was in this like terrible like label system where I only put out one record that whole time. So when I left Warner, I opened up my own record label. And since then, I put out like two or three records. And I can't stop putting out records. I've just got like all this pent up kind of like, I don't know, music that I've kind of been wanting to put out. So I feel like for the next few years, I'm just going to be putting out a lot of stuff. And it, and it feels like it feels really cool to be in that kind of time. So yeah, Indian Summer came out last year. And um, it was a uh, kind of more of like a campfirey record, like real acoustic and just kind of just I wrote a lot of it in Nashville. And then this one I'm working on now has just been kind of something I'm working on in LA. And uh, it's probably some of my favorite stuff I've ever done. So I'm just kind of, I don't know, already working on the next one. I guess. So you've been doing a ton of touring ever since the Indian Summer album came out. And even before that, I feel like every time I look on your website, you're always touring, you're always adding more dates. Do you like constantly touring or have you been kind of in need of a break? It goes back and forth. Sometimes I really need a break. And uh, I've been trying to just like set up my situation so that I have as much freedom to take time off when I need to and then kind of get back to work when I'm feeling up for it. And um, it kind of helps because if I get burnt out on the road, then I don't put on as good of a show. And if I don't have enough time at home, I don't end up writing songs. And so in like a way, I've got to, I've been really learning how to kind of baby myself in that way because I think I've got like a tendency to kind of want to work through something just like work straight through put my head down and just work and do it but um there becomes a point of like diminishing returns in art you know or any kind of business where you need like charm or just to be in a good mood at all you know you kind of have to like really be sure that like you're into it you know so I, I try I've been trying to take more breaks yeah absolutely I think that with Taylor and us watching her career, we're very curious what's going to happen because she's been going, going, going on sort of this every two years. She puts out an album schedule and she doesn't have much time at home to just write either. So we're very curious to see what she decides to do now. Yeah, that's been one of the most amazing things about what she's done is she's just able to kind of balance the whole thing. Like, you know, it's so many records now that she's had and they don't sound tired. They sound more inspired than the last. It's amazing. And I feel like at a certain point, as you put out more and more albums, do you get the feeling that you always want to try and top yourself? No, because it's not really, I mean, I guess I've felt like that before, but for the most part, it's not really a competitive thing. You know, like I've probably tried to write outright other bands or tried to write a song better than other artists that I felt competitive with at a certain point. And maybe that drives me, like has driven me before in a very small way, but like by and large, like where you're at and like what you're writing about or anyway this is how it works for me but what i'm writing about at any given time is not really in response to like topping anything or now i'm going to write a better song or trying to top anything i've done before in fact i feel like i might benefit from a little more of that thinking instead i've been kind of like running around the bases making sure i tag every base of every kind of musical style and kind of like dream i've had um and like the last record was a lot more acoustic and kind of folky and i've always wanted to do that and the record before that was a lot more rock and you know, when I was on tour, we had a full band, and it was so fun. And this one's a lot more singer-songwriter and a lot more just story-based. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So right now you're kind of in this in-between time. I know you have 
a few shows that you're playing with Kate Vogel this month, February, and then I know in the spring you guys are going over to Europe. Do you have anything planned in between those times? Yeah, actually, this is like a really big season for um, TV and film, and so I've got like a lot of meetings and stuff in LA and reading a lot of scripts. It's called pilot season, um, and so it's a lot of the it's the time where they're starting to cast all the new shows for the fall. And so um, I usually find myself in L.A. a lot around this time, kind of like reading the new shows and kind of meeting with the people that are putting them together and seeing if there's anything that kind of works out for me. So I'm doing a lot of that right now and um, and working on my new record. Actually, I was just listening to new mixes today. I think I'm going to put out two of the songs really soon, like maybe in the next month or so. So anyway, just kind of doing that. That's awesome. That's very exciting. That was another one of my questions I was going to ask is how do you balance singing and acting and focusing on both or focusing on one over the other? It's like the biggest challenge of my entire life. And I like, like felt like I've had to ask myself that question since I was like 10 years old or something. But the truth is I love them both. And I'm sure it's, you know, totally is a drag on my energy to try to do both, but I could never pick one. I just love it. And, um, probably more days out of the week than not, I find myself confused about like what I'm supposed to be doing or like what's my priority or like what should I be working on. But truthfully, like having both these careers has taught me a lot about organization and um, and getting stuff done because it, there's just so many balls to juggle, you know. But I just got home like maybe a week or two ago and I feel like after a week and a half, I've just started to feel like I've settled back into my home routine and I'm talking to you right now from like my home studio and I feel like I've got all my gear set up again. It takes a second when I've come home to get back into it, but I've just locked back into it. And so it'll be nice to kind of be here for a couple months, really get some stuff done creatively, and then be back out on the road and pack it all up again. So I feel like going back and forth is like, is every, you know, every year around in January, I try to kind of make a plan for the year of how I'm going to do it. And this year, that's kind of how it felt the best to do. Just do a few shows in February, keep as much time here to be creative and, you know, read scripts and write songs and then, um, you know, be ready to go back out in May. So did you always, even as a child, know that you were into both singing and acting? Yeah, I just, I just really loved them, like them both so much. I, I don't know why, like I didn't even really connect it to, but any play that was auditioning, I would have to try out for. And I was such a shy kid too, but I just really, really loved it. Like I loved what acting like brought out of me and I loved how something about it was so cool to me that it brought me out of my shell and not a lot of things did. I mean, it seems like it'd be the scariest thing ever to bring you out of your show, but it it did for some reason. And then alongside all of the plays and stuff that I was trying out for, my family are all a family of musicians. And so I was playing music with them from such a young age. And that was just like the biggest part of my life was music. It's so weird. I always knew I was going to be a musician for a living, but I always thought I was just going to be an actor for fun. And I thought that would be my my little secret, my little fun thing I'd get to do, you know, like uh, whenever I had the chance, but music was always going to be my thing. So I've always kind of known I wanted to do both. So then going back to when you acted in Taylor's video, that was, I think you were already doing One Tree Hill by that time, but was that sort of the early stage of your acting career? Yeah, that was more just for fun. I, I, don't, I guess I'd, I'd done One Tree Hill, but the way I'd met Taylor was actually pretty crazy. I'd was going to do this interview with a country magazine and uh, they were an online magazine. And before I did the interview, kind of like one we're doing now, I went on their website just to kind of see what the vibe of their thing was. And I don't know, just to kind of know who I was going to be talking to. And the front of their website, they were talking about this 15 year old girl named 
Taylor Swift and she, you know, she's a cool looking blonde girl and you know, whatever. And so I, I read the article about her just to kind of get a vibe for the website of like how they kind of do pieces and I embedded on the, on the article was the song Tim McGraw and I listened to it and I was like, Oh my God, this song is so cool. It's still to this day, like one of my favorite songs, like, like written wise. Oh, it's mine too. I, I wish she would play it in every concert forever. And just like as a songwriter, I, I honestly like, I know this is crazy, like to say about a 15 year old girl, but I heard it like the first time I heard it, I thought like, this is one of the coolest songs I've ever heard as a writer because I just never heard somebody take such a small, beautiful, simple moment and like make it a whole chord. It's like when you think Tim McGraw, I hope you think of me. I just, it blew my mind. I'd never heard of this girl and not a lot of people had. She was doing like online interviews. So anyway, I mentioned to the magazine at the end, I said, you know, like, oh, by the way, I'd like looked at your magazine and you guys have a really cool vibe online and that article you did on that taylor swift girl is really cool i listened to the song really cool song thanks for turning me on to it just trying to like you know well i guess taylor's management or or, or taylor saw it and she was like excited because she i think listened to my music and used to watch tyler tv which is like this um my show that i do on youtube on my youtube channel and uh she like had watched one true hill and so her management reached out and said you know uh, we represent that girl Taylor, and she was so excited. You said something that was nice. She's gonna be playing a show in your area, um, like in a couple, I don't know, a week or something. If you'd want to come out, she'd love to like meet you and bring you backstage. So I was like, that's so crazy. Like that, like fifteen year old girl from the website. Her management is calling me, <laughs> inviting me out to her show. I couldn't, uh, you know, because like pretend it's not Taylor Swift. It's just some, yeah. you know, fifteen year old country singer. So I was like, that's pretty hilarious, and I was kind of charmed by it because I thought that was. A really just adorable thing. So anyway, I went out there and it was just like this biker bar in San Bernardino and, uh, it was packed full of people. And I think the local radio station there was doing like a gig, uh, you know, promoted by them at this bar, but it was like a biker bar. I met her backstage and she was so sweet and she's always just been like such a cool girl. And, and she was like, you know, do you want to sing? I would love if you if we could sing Missing You with the band. It's like one of the songs that I sang. She was like, we, we sing it and we cover it. Would you mind getting up and singing it with us? And I was like, totally, I'll get it on. I'll, I'll, I'll totally get up on stage and sing that with you. So I did. And I was like, this is so funny. This girl's just like inviting me to her show. Now she's like, well, do you want to come on stage and sing? And I was like, yeah, this is so cool. And as we're on stage, she said, you know, I don't want to embarrass him or put him on the spot, but I'm doing a new music video and I'm such a fan or whatever. You know, she's so nice about bringing people on stage and like, totally like surrounding them with compliments and she was like you know and i would like love to have him in the video what do you guys think and everyone was excited and she and she asked me on stage which was really um you know adorable and uh i was like totally i got off stage and i thought like did i just agree to be in this like young country singers music video you know like i was just so what the whole thing was so random i would tell my friends i was like i'm going to see this girl named taylor swift they're like who's that like i don't know this girl country singer and she's got this cool song i don't know and then i end up in her music video and it's just so funny so after that, when the video took off, that was when she started getting really popular. And it just so happened that I was in that video that was, you know, had kind of rocketed her off at the time. So it was it was cool to see before and after for sure. Yeah. And it's crazy because now, you know, she's made this amazing habit of bringing out special guests on stage so frequently. You were honestly, yeah. I feel like maybe the original special guest. Yeah. Yeah. And I started the trend with the celebrities in the music videos too so it really if you really think about it i think i'm responsible for taylor swift's entire career <laughs> the bad blood video all of the 1989 wow. tour just everything <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's like 
jokes aside, that's what's amazing about her is that all throughout her career, she's held on to the things that have worked well for her and that have made her successful from the beginning. And I think that's why a lot of us admire her so much. Yeah. And so that wasn't the only music video you've been in. You later did one for Gloriana Kissed You Goodnight with your now wife, Megan Park. Yeah. I was, again, so shy to do that stuff. It's funny because with Taylor, when she asked me, my answer is always no. I don't know why. Even though I love doing this, it's like I'm some kind of like guy who loves pain. Is that called a masochist? I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. But it's like, even though I get so shy, I, like this is what I've chosen to do for a living. But like when, when Taylor asked me, I was like thinking, oh God, I can't do this. I'm too embarrassed. I was like, fine, let's do it. And when Gloriana asked, asked me to do the music video, I've been friends with those dudes forever known them when they were a bar band playing in North Carolina and I was filming One Tree Hill, like before they even came to Nashville, great dudes. And so I was so happy for them to see them take off and have so much success. And they asked me if I'd be in their music video. And I, and I, they asked Megan and I, and when I was alone with Megan, I was like, we're not going to do this, are we? Like, no way. This is like, it's too embarrassing. Like, I always get just so shy right away. She's like, are you kidding me? This is going to be so fun. And I was like, you're totally right. It's going to be great. And I'm so glad we did it because it was so fun. But, I always need somebody like next to me telling me, Tyler, you need to just <laughs> shut up right now and you need to go and do it. You need the push to get you to do it. Yeah. Gosh, is there any other artist who you were just hoping to collaborate with in the future, You know, whether it be for a video or on your album or their album? Who would be your dream collaboration? God, you know what's so funny? I don't really like think about collaborations that much. It's like, uh, I don't know if it's narcissistic or just because I'm like a singer songwriter. So most of my like process is by myself. There isn't like a band, but I like rarely think about collaborations. Truthfully, I'll be really honest with you since we're, since you asked that question, it just popped in my head. Secretly, I've always wanted to put together like an all-star band where we would sing like blue songs or country songs or whatever. And I've always wanted it to be me, John Mayer, Nora Jones. And, uh, I don't know, somebody like, I know this sounds really weird, but like Dave Grohl on drums. <laughs> That'd like, be I feel awesome. like that would be so, you know, just like playing covers. I just feel like I, could, I would love to be the singer in that band of like amazing piano player and amazing guitar player. Well, I know for me and for a lot of the other One Tree Hill fans, we love all the collaborations you've done, whether it be with when you were on the show or even just recently, you and Kate Vogel put out a YouTube video together. I think that we always love seeing that. I know. I love that. Most of the artists that I tour with, we end up, singing together or doing something like that but that's one of my favorite things about music is that it's another way of getting to know people like talking about sports or talking about your favorite band like taylor swift or whatever like if you can like work on the same song get the harmonies down and get your parts down and like at the end of a session together have worked out a song that's like a life thing for real like kate and i worked out that song i posted on youtube and it took us a couple hours to really get it down like when we were in europe on tour and then after that couple hours, we've got that song to sing together forever. Same thing with Bethany Joy Lenz and I. Same thing with Taylor and I for a while. She had me come out when I did some shows with her and we'd always sing Missing You. Once you've like worked out a song together, it's like, that's like your thing. It's like your secret handshake. And you can never collaborate on, you can do the same song with three different people and it'll be different with everyone. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah, definitely. And that reminds me of another awesome thing you're doing soon, which is, you're going to Wilmington for the One Tree Hill convention in March. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah, we do this show for nine years. I mean, imagine like what high school is four years, college is like at least four years or whatever. Like we do the show for nine years. And then after that, this whole thing of conventions just starts. And so people are bringing us out to like 
get to see each other once or twice a year in random places and now bringing us back to the town we filmed it to hang out it's just like the wildest thing i get to keep seeing these people that i like grew up with and like i don't know that have been good friends of mine forever over and over it's so wild because never in a million years would we have known that something like conventions would become popular and now here we are like you know someone will give me a call and be like hey they're doing another one in wilmington like chad everyone's coming out do you want to go it's like yeah i want to <laughs> go that sounds awesome yeah I feel like it's becoming more and more of the trend that fans sort of hold a lot of power, whether it's, yeah. you know, getting them to do conventions or getting networks to bring back shows onto Netflix or whatever the case may be. I feel like fans have such a voice now and really can make things happen, which is exciting. Yeah, they have a choice. And I think that's the the cool thing. You know, you would have a shot if you were near a big city back in the day or you were close to somebody who you know, was going to be a good producer or whatever. But now with the internet, like everybody's got a shot. And if it's boring, people aren't into it. And if it's great, people are into it. And if you give them attention, fans will like love you for it. And, and I, and I understand that because I've been like a big fan of bands my whole life. It doesn't matter which bands. It just matters that every year or two, there's been a band that I've just been crushing on hard. And that's such a fun feeling, you know, but yeah, with YouTube and all that stuff now, it's just whatever the fans want. So cool. And another hot topic that Taylor has spoken out about recently, I'd be interested to get your thoughts, is Taylor has been very vocal that companies like Spotify need to pay all of the artists for streaming their songs and that no artist should have to give away their music for free. Do you feel strongly about that or do you like putting your songs on just as many different platforms as possible? No, I like. I would love to get paid for it and for sure it's a, it's a downer, but the truth is I used to feel a lot more strongly about it than I do now because I don't think there's any way to put the genie back in the bottle. And at this point, I don't want to inhibit progress by like trying to get paid for something. I think, I think there's something like much bigger and much crazier right around the corner. And I think that we're just starting to like really get comfortable with subscription based art, whether it's Netflix or whether it's Spotify. And I feel like as a consumer and as a fan myself, I love that. And I see how much sense that makes. And I see how little sense buying each song makes. So I don't know what the thing is. I think it might be a bigger fee on things like Spotify. And, you know, there's a lot of details we don't understand, like in the contracts and stuff. And there's little tweaks that are always getting made behind the scenes. And hopefully it'll get done as quick as possible because truthfully, people that do this for a living, it's become super, super tough, but whatever, you know, like it is what it is. And this is the way the market is blown. I think like in the nineties and in the early two thousands, you could put out a whole record and sell it for $15 and only have one single on it. And people were making bank off like, you know, 10 generic songs, but one hit song, you know, and like the market cracks itself. And now like people don't make, but it'll go back and forth, you know, as we like discover new technologies and like people have new ways of listening to music. We've got to like play catch up a little bit. And so right now as bummed as probably my manager and like everyone else is <laughs> to like, hear me say this. I'm like, I don't really know what else to do. And so I've kind of just become like, well, this is the way it is. I'll like work harder in other ways. I'll tour, I'll act, I'll like, you know, make ends meet. I'll like pay my mortgage or whatever. And maybe I don't like, I'm not driving around in like a Bentley or something like that, but like, whatever, you know, I'm still like, I've got a garden in my backyard and I'm like, got my own studio. Like what else do I need? Yeah. And I think it's like I was saying, pretty powerful how when you build up a fan base, like you obviously did on One Tree Hill, they really stick with you and they follow you all throughout whatever you do, whether it's new acting projects or your music or touring. Fans are very loyal if you keep putting out things that they like. And I think that helps a lot in the long run. 
It does. And fans are currency and they're so amazing. Like really that mentality of like that thing that bonds you with another group of people. And it's crazy because people like if you're a fan of a certain band and your friends don't dig that band, they don't understand what you have with that band. Exactly. And like there might even be friends of that band that don't love their music that don't really understand what that band has with their fans. Do you know what I mean? Like there is a bond with like the fans, at least my fans and I, that that like isn't – um. You know, we don't know each other personally, but there's a certain side of myself I feel only comfortable being in front of my fans for some reason. Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be at a certain kind of honest or I wouldn't be singing songs to my dude friends in my living room like if we're all hanging out. Like, I don't know. That's like for my fans or something. You know what I mean? Because it's like a two-way thing. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, you know, I'm a big just music fan in general, but you know, there's a lot of artists that I listen to and that I enjoy their music, but the ones that I'll go the extra mile for, that I'll even travel to another city to go to their shows, I'll keep up with everything they do, are people like you and Kate and Taylor, who I really feel that personal connection with. And it's really rewarding for me as a fan to see artists that I love grow. And I never regret following and continuing to support artists that I love. And I think that it's great that so many people do that. I know, and I pre- and I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it, and so many musicians I know appreciate it. I mean, really, like, people understand what that is. And I understand, too. Like, I felt that way for, you know. But the other cool thing I will say, like, if there and, – and same goes for you, but if anyone else is listening out there, if there's ever, like, any suggestions or any, like, ways that, like, you guys would like to be either kept up on things or other things you'd like to see, whether it's in the merch store or music-wise or just, like, whatever, it always helps to, like – let us know, you know, because we like make the art or whatever, and we're kind of like singing songs, but like the delivery system to you guys, the Instagram, the Spotify, the whatever it is, that is constantly changing. And the most help we can get to like get to you guys helps us a lot. Absolutely. And so on the subject of fans, you know, we've talked a lot about Taylor and your songwriting, but I couldn't let you go without asking if we could do a quick lightning round of One Tree Hill questions I've been compiling from fans. Lay it on me. Okay, so the first one's from Courtney. She wants to know what your favorite episode is of the whole series. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, okay, whatever, whatever it was, it was definitely in season nine because that was so much fun. No, I don't know. I think probably my favorite episode of film ever was the Riverboat Gambling episode in season three, I think oh, it was. Oh, that's a good one. With, uh, yeah, James Lafferty and... Old Nathan and Chris end up on like a riverboat and we end up diving into the river and that was pretty fun. Tess wants to know, do you have a favorite song of all the songs you've performed on the show? Yeah, probably You'll Ask For Me. I don't know what it is about that song, but it's one of my favorite songs ever. And uh, I just like really love it. And I wrote it on set pretty much, I think. I think a lot of that song I wrote while I was filming the show. So Awesome. Well, Bria wants to know, this is a tough one. If you could play another character, who would it be and why? Lucas Scott, oh, man. You had to that answer. character dude, that character was so cool. Like when I first started watching the show, when I found out I was going to be on it, I was checking it out. I was like, this guy is the coolest character ever. I wish I could have played this. Like he's smart, he's all bookish, the girls dig him, he's all brooding, freaking great at basketball. Like he's Chad Michael Murray, like Lucas Scott, man. <laughs> Samantha wants to know who from the cast you still keep in contact with, which sounds like a lot of them now, especially with the conventions. I keep in touch with all of them so much, but I think I recently I probably talked to Joy 
And Sophia, actually, I was just talking to because I was just in Chicago where she's filming Chicago Fire. But recently I had dinner with Lee Norris. And, um, you know, my wife and I have become, uh, are really close with Hillary Burton and uh, her dude, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and their kid. Um, so we, uh, we've done a few movies and TV shows together. Um, and we just got married and Hillary was at our wedding too. So I just saw her and Kieran Hutchison from One Tree Hill was there. It was a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. The final question, this one's from Erica and it's funny. She said, did it ever annoy you to call yourself Chris Keller? <laughs> no, no, but I think it annoyed everybody else. Like I remember a few times I would be filming scenes and Sophia Bush or somebody would be like, they would yell cut and they'd be like, I literally can't even look at you right now because I hate you so much or something, you know, because it's just, and these are like my friends, you know, off, off screen, we're like hanging out and stuff. And I have to say the worst stuff to them. And they'd be like, oh God, I hate you right now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I can't thank you enough for just taking the time to talk with us. And it's been great. Is there, before we go, anything you want to plug for all of our listeners to know about? No, you know, just my YouTube and Instagram. And all that stuff, you know, so just come on. And I'm on tour and stuff. Yeah, you know, all the things we talked about. So that's TylerHilton.com and also Tyler Hilton on Twitter. And pretty much all the channels are under your name. Just Google Tyler Hilton. <laughs> yeah, it used to be like, uh, it was YouTube.com slash Tyler Hilton, Instagram.com slash. It's just like, there's no underscore. It's just Tyler Hilton. <laughs> Google it and it'll be out there. And for anyone in California, Tyler and Kate have a whole bunch of shows in California at the end of February. And for European fans, look out for those tour dates coming in May. Well, thanks so much, Tyler. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. See ya. Thanks to Tyler Hilton for sitting down with us and doing that interview. A couple reminders for you guys. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. We love hearing from you guys, the listeners, so please contact us. We'd love to give you a shout-out in next week's episode. You can let us know what you like about the show. If you have any Swifty problems for us, you can let us know on Twitter, at SwiftCast13. On Tumblr, SwiftCast13.tumblr.com. Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13. Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And of course, visit our newly designed by Nate website at swiftcast13.com. So next week, Taylor will what? Probably stop eating all the carbs that she's been eating since the tour ended to get ready for the Grammys. (laughs) (laughs) That was mine from last week. Yeah, we can't all be as creative as you, I guess. I know, I know, I know. I think without a doubt, in my mind, Taylor will be taking home a a Grammy for Album of the Year. I'm going to piggyback on that one and say that I think we're going to get another photo of Taylor similar to the Billboard Awards from 2013, where Taylor has complete surprise face and just an arm full of Grammys. Hopefully she doesn't drop one this time, like she did in 2010. (laughs) Whoops. And I agree with both Nate and Steph. I think that she will get Album of the Year and several others. I'm not sure which, but I think she walks away with three or four. We could get into the double digits of Grammys for Taylor. Yeah, she currently has seven. She's going to have to update her trivia thing at the beginning of tour. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Swift Cast. This has been Adam. Ashley. Nate. 
and stuff. Enjoy the Grammys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 